And so we've been talking about open, that we're open. And we've talked about opening our Bible, talking now about opening our mouth with the power of words, that life and death are in the power of our words. And we're looking especially, we started last week talking about opening our mouth with words of adoration. And we began to talk about the power, or we should say the, the, the beauty uh, of praise, how that praise is just such a wonderful thing. And I want to follow through on that today. Because last week we talked about how pleasant praise is, how you know, right praise is. But today I want us to look at it from another amazing angle. And that is how powerful praise is. Yes, it's pleasing and yes, it's pleasant. But we're going to look today at what happens in the spirit realm when you and I begin to praise. And so I'm going to start with Psalm 51 and verse 15. Oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Opening our mouth in praise. And I want us to see today what a powerful thing this is. The Passion Translation says it like this. Lord, unlock my heart. Unlock my lips and I will overcome with my joyous praise. I will overcome with praise. So praise is not only beautiful, it is powerful. There is an overcoming power in praise. Last week, we saw that we should praise God because he is good. And we should praise God because it is good. And we should praise God because, astonishingly, he sees us good through his son, Jesus Christ. And we should praise God because he works together all things for good. Oh, praise. Praise him. Psalm 113, verse, verses 1 through 9 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above the nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust and he sets them with Princes, even the princes of his people, raises them out of the dunghill, the scripture says. He makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Oh, praise, praise, praise the Lord. We saw last week in Psalm 135 and verse 4, praise the Lord for he is good. Sing praises to his name for it is pleasant, but praise is not only pleasant, praise is powerful. In Psalm 63, we read, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands 
unto thy name. And my soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I think of thee upon my bed and meditate upon thee in the night watches. You know, that's exactly what I do when I'm laying in bed in the middle of the night and I'm awake. I literally begin to meditate and contemplate. I get my mind off what I'm worried about. I just work and focus and turn my mind to God, and I just begin to think of the Word and His Scripture and the praises of the Lord. And that's a discipline I've been doing in my life for many, many years. When something's trying to keep me awake, well, if I'm going to be awake, let's be awake in praise and worship and adoration. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse 15, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Let the praises of God continually be in our mouth. Let praise become the default of our life. Let praise become our, our first response. More praising and less complaining. And I know that we have things to complain about if we want to, but if your life is like mine, we have much more to praise and thank God for than we, do to, than we have to complain about. Less murmuring and nagging and nitpicking and negativity and more adoration and celebration and adulation Let's let praise become the default of our life. What if we praise instead of panic? What if we worship instead of worry? What if we open our mouth with faith instead of opening our mouths with fear? In Psalm 18 and verse 3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Whoa, here we go. Now, this is kind of where I'm wanting to, to take it today. Praise is so powerful in the heavenly realms. Praise is so worthy of God. But I want you to know praise also affects in the spiritual realm, in the realm where there are enemies. Praise is effective and powerful in that realm as well. Now, when Paul and Silas were in Philippi, there was this little girl that just followed them around as they were ministering. And she was, she was just really annoying Paul. She had a spirit of divination. And she was always speaking. And finally, Paul, just annoyed with her, turned and he cast the spirit of divination out of this young slave, out of this young servant girl. Well, her masters went berserk because she was their source of income. They made their living with this spirit of divination that was on her. And we read in Acts 16 and verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, <laughs> Paul and Silas, they weren't, complaining. At midnight, Paul and Silas locked down, <laughs> locked up, and locked in, but they weren't complaining. Instead, they were praying and singing hymns to God. 
And the prisoners were listening to them because they were all locked in too, but they were complaining. Paul and Silas were worshiping and praising. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. That is the power of praise. Praise can shake the very foundation of the prison that you might find yourself in, whether it be in mentally or whether it be emotionally or in some circumstance or situation. What, what can shake the foundation of the prisons that, that hold us? Praise can shake the foundation of the prison. It can open the doors that lock us in and that can cause the, make the chains fall off of us. That's the power of praise. They chose praise, not panic. They chose worship, not worry. They chose to sing, not feel sorry for themselves. And chains were loosed and doors were opened. Praise the Lord. Psalm 149 takes us even further in this, in this thought today of how powerful praise is. Praise the Lord. Sing praise to the Lord. Sing a new song. And praise him in the assembly of the saints. And right now the assembly of the saints is all over the houses that we're meeting in. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Well, go right ahead if you want to. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Now watch this. Watch this now. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations, to punishments on the people, to bind kings with chains and nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints praise the Lord. Man, when the high praises of God are in our mouth, a two-edged sword is in our hand a powerful spiritual weapon when the high praises of God are in our mouth this sword is in our hand praise binds kings with chains and rulers with fetters of iron come on praise executes the judgment written praise this is the honor that is given to all of his praising saints Praise is warfare. Worship is a weapon. It is not only beautiful and worthy of God, but praise is powerful, powerful, and it takes down enemies. To God, praise is a sweet aroma, but to the enemy, it is a weapon that he has no defense for. In Psalm 8, in verse 2, we read, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants... You have ordained strength. You have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. But this word in the Hebrew that you've ordained strength is also translated praise. Let me read this again from the New International Version. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. 
When you lift up your voice in praise, you silence the voice of your foes. When you lift your voice in praise, you silence the voice of the enemy. When you live a life of praise, you establish a stronghold against your enemy. Man, let praise fill our houses. Let praise fill our cars and our uh, earbuds and our, and our, 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 let's download this album that our young people have put together and it's world-class anyway. Come on, let praise rise up in us. When you establish a life of praise, when praise becomes your default, you silence the foe and you establish a stronghold against the enemy. Now, I want to share with you one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Such a powerful, I would call this one of my top two or three chapters in the entire Old Testament that I just love so much. And I can't wait to read it to you right now. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now, follow with me. We're just going to go through this amazing encounter that happened for the people of Jerusalem. So it happens after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, sometimes armies would attack Israel or, or Jerusalem in this case because they'd golf, gone off into idolatry and, and they were going to humble them. But this wasn't the case under King Jehoshaphat. He was a good king. He loved God. He served God. The Bible says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So this is just an attack of the enemy. This is just an attack on God's people. They weren't doing anything wrong. It's just the enemy's bad. And so here these actually three armies come. Ammon, Moab, and we'll see in a moment Mount Seir. And they have just come to destroy God's people. So someone comes and tells Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. Now, those of us who are in Israel together, we had about 40-some people from our church. You'll remember that our guide took us up above in Gedi, and we looked down, and she showed us exactly where this incident happened in the Bible. So they came across from what is now Jordan, they came across the Dead Sea, and now they, have, are, in, in, they are at En Gedi. En Gedi is 39 kilometers from Jerusalem, and they have come to destroy Jerusalem. So Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now I'm going to go to verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. <laughs> in other words, this was a guy with credentials. This was a prophet who was the son of, this is Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite. This isn't somebody that just comes along and, and throws some kind of prophetic thing. No, this is a prophet with creds. He's got credentials. And so he speaks to the assembly. And here's what he says. Listen, all you of Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, sir, you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Well, Jehoshaphat bows his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise. They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel. They stood up with voices loud and high. And so they rose early in the morning and they go out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, watch this. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now imagine this scene. The army is way back. The praisers come out front. They're not even carrying weapons. They're praising the beauty of holiness. They're saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lord's mercy endures forever. And they begin to praise the Lord. What kind of an army goes out like this? Next verse. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the ground, and no one had escaped. What? happened what happened what 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 happened praise had utterly confused the enemy the the inner praise had utterly confounded the strategy of the enemy what are they praising God for what's going on here why are they praising why are they singing why are they shouting what's going on and all of a sudden confusion was sent into the heart of the enemy and it's like the enemy had dug a pit but they fell in it the enemy had come to destroy the righteous but they were destroyed in their attempt and that praise and that worship they had no counter for they're thinking what do they know that we don't know why are they so happy? Why are they so blessed? We have come to terrorize. We have come to, to destroy. We have come to rip and strip everything off of you. And here you are glorifying and praising and worshiping God like you know something we don't. Not only did praise 
defeat the enemy, but it reversed the plan of the enemy. Verse 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, uh, more than they could carry away. Listen, they were three days gathering the spoil. There was so much. Oh, wow. Think of this. The enemy's intention was to destroy them. They ended up delivering to them wealth and blessing that it took them three days to carry off. That is the power of praise. The praisers were out in front. The praisers went first. The praisers confused the enemy. You know, many times the children of Israel would inquire of the Lord before they would go into battle, and they would say, who should go first? Who should go first? We read this several times throughout the Old Testament, but in Judges chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, I'll just show you. It says, after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah. I have given them the victory over the land. Send Judah first. Actually, send Judah first. We, we see it throughout the scripture become a theme of the Old Testament. Send Judah first. Judah means praise. Send praise first. Send praise first. Whenever you go into the battle, let Judah go first. Let the praise go first. Praise is pleasant. Praise is pleasing. Praise is proper. And praise is powerful. Praise. Praise builds a stronghold against the enemy. Praise silences the adversary. Praise puts a two-edged sword in your hand. Praise executes judgments that are written. Praise binds rulers with chains and fetters of iron. Praise opens prison doors and sets captives free. Let us open our heart. Let us open our eyes. Let us open our mouth. And let us step into something so powerful and so wonderful and so amazing. To God, a sweet-smelling odor. To God, that which ascends to him, and he is so worthy of it. But for you and for me, it's the victory. It's the victory over prisons. It's the victory over darkness. It's the victory over shadows that come against us. Let praise. Let's not open our mouth and complain and cry. Let's open our mouth and praise and worship and glorify God. Let's not, let not murmuring and complaining be what we're known for. Let us be known for the joy of the Lord. Let us be known for praising and worshiping the Lord our God. Open, open your mouth while everything else is closed and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 